UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson has addressed the nation to announce new COVID-19 restrictions. After scientific warnings that deaths could soar without urgent action, Johnson stopped short of another full lockdown, as happened in March, but warned that further measures could come if the virus was not suppressed. Today I set out a package of tougher measures in England. Early closing for pubs, bars, table service only, closing businesses that are not COVID secure, expanding the use of face coverings, new fines for those that fail to comply, once again asking office workers to work from home if they can, while enforcing the rule of six indoors and outdoors. A tougher package of national measures combined with the potential for tougher local restrictions for areas already in lockdown. I'm joined now by our UK correspondent Stuart Hughes. A good evening to you, Stuart. And after after enjoying the last few days of what really has Mm -hmm. been a glorious summer, a winter of discontent (laughs) upon you. Yeah, it does feel a little bit that way, Kerry. Boris Johnson tonight calling on the public to summon the discipline and resolve to follow the government's new coronavirus rules and giving a televised address about uh, three and a half hours ago um, in which he warned that the government may go further if people don't stick to the guidelines. The tone of the address, I thought, was understandably serious it was direct but there was almost like a hint of the head teacher addressing the school assembly and saying someone smashed the window in the math block and you know who you are Boris Johnson saying the vast majority of people have complied with the measures, but there have been too many breaches, not singling out any particular groups in society, but saying that uh, too many people aren't following the rules. And he set out to explain the new guidelines that were announced earlier today. We can run through them if you like Mm. in a minute. You heard some of them there in that clip from Boris Johnson. But he said that they were robust but proportionate. And he went on to the very heart of the issue, saying that he was deeply spiritually reluctant to infringe on anyone's freedom. But unless action was taken now, the risk was that the government would have to go even further and take tougher measures later. So stern words from Boris Johnson tonight, making clear the UK has got to get the infection rate back under control, that the new measures are designed to do just that. But... If people don't do their bit to fight coronavirus, the government won't hesitate to tighten the screws even further. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the pictures, the good old Daily Mail, um, of (laughs) scantily clad revellers out on the streets and, you know, fresh as weeks and things like that as the kids take to the streets. Is it mainly the young'uns that are refusing to comply with the distancing rules? It does look that way, both anecdotally and from what the scientific advisers. What is clear that whoever is responsible for this, and I think uh, the younger people were perhaps uh, uh, more um, willing to let their guard down earlier because, of course, they're, they're less likely to suffer serious symptoms if they get coronavirus on the whole. But the figures show that whatever the reason, whoever is behind it, the rate of infection is heading in the wrong direction. Almost 5,000 new cases in the latest figures. That's the highest daily figure in four months. Another 37 deaths, the highest number since the middle of July. Now, I think what's interesting is some people have said that 
Well, if it's mainly young people who are getting the virus, and certainly that's what the government scientific advisers were suggesting yesterday, then why should we be worried? The symptoms that they suffer are usually mild and they don't suffer any serious consequences. But yesterday, when the government scientific advisers laid the ground for what their boss uh, the Prime Minister Boris Johnson said on television tonight, they made clear that the evidence uh, from countries like France and Spain that have also seen an upward trajectory is that the reinfection starts amongst young people, young people, but it soon jumps and starts spreading to older members of the population as well. And of course, the chances of serious illness and sadly death amongst older people is far, far higher. So it is perhaps um, younger people and the way that they live their lives that, that has started to drive this. But as I say, the fear is that unless uh, the whole uh, situation is got under control, that it, that it will jump to older people and, and the, the consequences in terms of serious illnesses and death will be much more serious. I know that um, I've got a London-based family and with restrictions incredibly difficult to get to them, and now with the announcement of these restrictions, they're really reconsidering their... If I can't get to them, then they are really considering heading home. I wonder how many other expats from around the world are thinking much the same. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. I know you wrote about it the other day, Kerry. I, I read about you wanting to read your, uh, to, read about you wanting to, to see your family in the UK. Uh, perfectly understandable. And you know, I don't need to tell you that day is getting further away rather than closer. Um, the government uh, hasn't got a grip on this. There's there's going to be an increasing uh, focus on on trying to keep the government on life support, keep as much of the economy open as possible, and protect public health. And I think some people are coming to the conclusion that to, to trying to, to balance that tightrope between trying to keep some parts of normal life going and also keeping the the uh, the coronavirus under control is just going to be impossible or or virtually impossible until there's a vaccine so i'm sure um, your family are not alone in, in thinking that, that maybe, you know, we're going to be in this situation for, uh, I mean, as Boris Johnson has made clear, at least another six months that we've got a long, hard winter in front of us. And, um, and I'm sure, I'm sure uh, a lot of people um, who, who have got uh, close family in other countries are starting to think we're going to have this long, hard winter um, uh, where the situation is only going to get worse. I think unless the furlough scheme is extended, we're going to to see massive rates of unemployment uh, starting to um, come through uh, during the winter months. Uh, a lot of people I know are feeling very mentally stretched and 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 um, and pushed by by six to nine months of, of difficulty already. In another six months, and who knows how much longer at the other side of it. There was a story I, I think you may well have covered it last week. Certainly, uh, the example from Australia um, is that there's, there's potentially some thirty thousand Australians. Uh, who, who are living in the UK, who are having those thoughts. They're saying, well, you know what, I want to go home. The problem for them, uh, which thankfully isn't quite as bad for Kiwis in the UK, uh, the problem for Australians is that because of the restrictions on numbers and mm. flights and, and the, the number of flights, is they just can't get home. Even if they make the decision, you know what, I've had enough of this, I want to go home, then trying to get a flight is going to be extremely difficult. So even if people are making the decision, enough's enough, I'm going home, there's no guarantee they're actually going to physically be able to leave the country. And in the meantime, those who are trapped in the UK who don't have anywhere else to go, 
I just wonder about, I mean, they, they were talking about the mental health, um, mental illnesses and the rate of mental health uh, on the decline because of the previous lockdowns, the loneliness, the isolation. Mm. I just wonder what that means for, for your country. I think I think the mental health toll is going to be absolutely immense. And I think we haven't even begun to see the toll it's going mm-hmm. to have. Mental health services on the National Health Service in the UK are on uh, are, are, are pretty, um, pretty basic and difficult to access at the best of times. This is going to cause an absolute epidemic of mental health uh, problems, I'm afraid to say. I've seen it anecdotally. I, I've uh, spoken to psychiatrists and psychologists who are also seeing it. And I mean, to give you one sort of anecdotal evidence, my wife, who works in the in the public sector, is noticing that the sort of clients who are calling her for advice on debt, uh, advice on housing benefits, and so on, that that they they are becoming increasingly aggressive in their approach to to their advisors, not because they're bad people and not because they want to have a fight with somebody, but just because they're feeling so stretched and so stressed and so uncertain about what the future holds that they're starting to snap. And this is even, you know, in the middle of summer, uh, before things get dark, before things get cold. And before, as we heard today from the Prime Minister, we get a message that this is going to continue for potentially another six months and who knows where we'll be uh, after that stage. It's no wonder that the British people are feeling the strain and I think sadly that's not something that's going to get better in the short term. No, I agree. Stuart, always good to catch up. Stuart Hughes, our UK correspondent, BBC producer, talking about the winter of discontent being faced by so many in the UK.